We are the original subliminal, subterranean, titanium, criminal minded Swift, Mike D, and Brad F. Henderson with that S O B shit. I am going to try to introduce myself without sounding apologetic. I am Mike D, and joining me now, forever and always, is goddamn the greatest guy in the entire universe. I've been around the galaxy, and I, 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 I can't find anybody better than Bradley Fuckworthy Henderson. How are you, baby? I am I am doing so well right now. I am just happy to be here with you on this early Saturday morning, drinking coffee, starting this new show about something that I love so dearly, and just with my life partner, Mike D., <laughs> Did you call me your yeah, partner? Did. Bless you, baby. And I, Brad, I just want to say I, I, I appreciate how you addressed time travel. It is Saturday morning, but happy Friday, motherfuckers. Okay, you're in your cars. We are one day in the future. You are one day in the past, and we have this to say to you. It's going to be a great day. It's going to be a beautiful day. You have Mike D., and Bradley Fuckworthy Henderson here to talk on T-H-E-S-O-V-P-O-D. The T-H-E stands for the, and we are the S-O-V podcast, man. We cover exclusively shot on video films. Now, I almost said, Brad, I almost said shot on video horror films because of your pedigree and uh, some of my background, but this isn't just shot on video, am I right? Absolutely not, Mike. We will be... Covering to the moon and fucking back. Actually, across the universe and back. Every shot on video movie ever made known to man. This shit's going to go on forever. I know that I probably just like gave people chills down their spine by saying that. Because mm-hmm. they know that we're here to stay. And it's going to be extremely long term. Or people are already tuning out because they're like, oh my god. Shot of video movies? Why shot of video movies? Oh, you it, Look, Brad, you gave me chills. It did not go down my spine. It went to my dick. And I am so excited. Yes, why shot on video movies? Why? Why? You know... I have my reasons. What what are yours, Brad? Why why shot on video? Why is this so goddamn important that we sit here every Friday morning and talk to people? It's a conversation. We're talking with you, okay, about these shot on video classics. Why, Brad? Why? 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 Well, <clears throat> there's a few reasons, and we can start off small. Um, for one, there's... From my knowledge and from my research, and I've spoke to you about this before, way before we started the show, is that there isn't a, a specific show um, podcast dedicated to solely shot on video films, um, which was a surprise to me because I know that there's a lot of people in the community, horror community, that love shot on video films. So it surprised me by one, um, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do it. The other reason... Uh, and the most important reason is shot on video films are just like when I sit down and I watch something that's shot on video, that shot on video aesthetic uh, 
appeases me and makes me makes me feel like I'm there with friends making that movie because I feel that's how these movies were made. Uh, they didn't have big budgets. They didn't have known actors. Some of these people, most of these people in these films have never acted again in their entire lives because someone had the bright idea to make a film with their video camera that they got and film a movie with her over a period of six months, two weeks, three years, four years, however long it took them and the dedication and the hard work that they put into these films. And when I watch that, I feel that ooze off the screen to me. I, I feel I feel the camaraderie. I, I feel the heart behind it. And even though these movies may be goofy or, you know, not your you know, summer blockbuster of that year, there's something about it that really gets to me. And that's the reason why we have done this show, created the show, and the films we're gonna talk about. Yeah, I am with you 100%. Um, Brad and I are both in in our own right uh, filmmakers ourselves, and Brad will Brad will attest to this, I'm sure. But when when I was first getting into to filmmaking, I didn't have many tools at my disposal, and in fact, the the tools that that were available to me were you know in many cases like outdated VHS cameras. So when we my, me and my buddies, when we would first get together to, to make shorts or, or in, in some cases, feature-length uh, films, <laughs> we, would, we would have this outdated equipment, um, and we would just have to make do. And it, it, it is exactly what, what Brad's describing, where it's just passion. It's 100% the passion project. You have to do it, and here's your fucking tools, and this is the story uh, that, that we set out to tell. And... Um, I remember one of my one of my earliest uh, filmmaking memories is <laughs> my my dude uh, Eric. We used to write together in uh, in high school, and we would write these. Brad, we would write these like epic opuses, man. Like they they'd be like seven hundred pages long. We thought they were going to be TV series on like fucking Showtime or, or HBO. But I remember uh, Eric must have been like so disillusioned with what we wrote and what we ended up shooting. Because I remember he he watches the the footage that we shot on uh it was mini DV, actually it wasn't VHS, but he he had no uh, film language to talk about what he was seeing or how he liked it or how he didn't like it, and he said that it had uh he called it VHS tint, and I was like yeah VHS dude it's tint. shot on video like VHS tint, and <laughs> I I asked him to elaborate further because I think I knew what he meant when he said VHS tint. But he was like, you know, when you, you know, when you watch like uh, Enemy of the State and it has that movie tint, I'm like, uh, yeah, like depth of field and, you know, film cinematography. And yeah, he goes, no, this is like VHS tint. It looks like we just shot it on uh, our own personal video camera. And I'm like, yeah, babe, we did shoot it on our own personal video camera. And it's fucking cool because we did it. Um, I also agree with Brad that I, I can't believe that no one, Doug Tilly, I can't believe that no one <laughs> has come up with their own just shot on video uh, podcast. So look, I'm here breaking ground with uh, the most fuckworthy man in the entire universe, Bradley Fuckworthy Henderson. That is what the F stands for until the next show when I change it. But um, yeah, man, just happy to be here. This is definitely a, a passion project uh, in just the podcast. It, 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 it's passion right now. So, Brad, how how did you get into shot on video horror films? Or, excuse me, strike that reverse. Yeah, no, <laughs> how did up. you get into shot on 
Back up. Rewind. Brett, how did you get into shot on video film? Um, honestly, I I wish I had uh, a big story uh, behind it. Um, but honestly, from what I can remember, is I there was a there was a video store in Akron, Canton. Uh, I was born in Ohio in Akron. Uh, the Akron Canton area. I mean, Akron and Canton are two different places. But I was born, um, born there. We moved to Pennsylvania when I was like six months old. I uh, lived in Pennsylvania till I was about five. Uh, I moved to Florida. But every summer, whether we lived in Pennsylvania or Florida, we would go to Ohio um, to visit family members and whatnot. And we'd usually stay. My parents retired super early. Um, and we would we would go for maybe about two to three weeks. Now a lot of this time, my parents would go visit you know cousins and everything like that. Maybe it wasn't for me. They knew I would be bored, so I was stuck with uh, which I I wouldn't say stuck because that's a kind of a negative connotation. I, I was with my my grandmother uh, or my great grandfather, and in doing so, uh, they both liked to go to the video store and rent movies, and in. Um, in Canton, there was a video store called Video Time. And Video Time, I don't know who was running this show, but they loved movies, obviously. They just didn't... They had the new releases on the wall, but their sections, whether it was like thriller and drama and whatnot, it was just huge. Their horror section was two major walls. Um, I would say at least... Uh, a thousand horror titles, and that's no exaggeration. I, I just remember walking in there and just being blown away. And in doing so, I would watch. Um, you know, I would grab. They had like little tags. They didn't have um, uh, like the VHS in a case or anything like that. They had the cover box that was, you know, had the styrofoam stuck in because the tape was pulled out, and that ratty old plastic cigarette smelling plastic box that was around it with uh, stickers or whatnot on it and uh, underneath was a i love those where you have to where you have to squeeze you have to pinch well, it right there's on the those bottom. yeah you have to pinch. pinch and then there's just the other ones that are protective case but always they were they were like yellow in the you know on the sides and everything or brown and they're breaking away and usually, like one tab was missing, and it was just—it was just yeah. super dilapidated. There was even like styrofoam, like on the shelves, because the styrofoam was breaking apart. That was inside the case. So, which you know, all- yeah, you're right. Though those those snap cases would those snap cases would uh, they, even the clear ones would just start to turn brown or yellow over time. You're right, because in the '80s they were always smoking inside the video stores and the horror right, section. Yeah was uh, towards the back by, like, the porn, and that's where people were smoking. <laughs> yeah, and that's what a lot of people section. don't know is so, yeah, that in these, these tapes age yeah, in, in these stores, people were smoking cigarettes, so a lot of the tapes, you know, over time, over long periods of time, would, would, uh, would smell, smell like cigarettes. Um, but with video, video time, like I said, they, they had the cover boxes, but underneath the cover box was this, they had a nail that was in, uh, you know, the piece of plywood. And then they had a little hanging card, and that's what you would pick when you wanted the movie. And then you would take those cards to the front, and then they would go back and grab the VHS tapes in, you know, their clear boxes that had, you know, Be Kind Rewind stickers. And they were always, like, 
really scraped up because they've been sliding them across the counters and everything. So you couldn't really see what was inside too much. You just saw this big black, you know, mess that was inside and that was your tape. And, um, I think just over that period of time, I, I rented a couple movies. Uh, one that I remember very vividly and it, it, I was not supposed to have this movie cause it was, uh, it was softcore. It was called Midnight Intruders. Um, and I haven't seen Midnight Intruders um, since I was probably around that time. But it was like a shot on video softcore horror film. And I just remember watching it. It was like, why does this look like it was shot by my mother? Because we had, you know, VHS uh, or, you know, VHS camcorders and recorded family videos all the time. And uh, the other one that I remember was Things. Um, and I, put, I remember watching that and saying, why does it look like this? Is there something wrong? I still watch the films, but I just I knew something was off because, I mean, I grew up, you know, it wasn't a big thing watching shot on video films then. I mean, some of those movies were even hard to get into, um, you know, the stores. So I just remember it looking weird. And then when I got a little bit older in, like, my early teens, I realized that was called shot on video and um, it never really bothered me because I w- grew up watching black and white films. I grew up watching big blockbuster movies, uh, little independent horror films and shot on video films. So I didn't really notice um, a difference. It was a movie to me. Uh, sure, there's different aesthetics to shot on video and in different things. But uh, for the most part, I, when I was even a little bit older, I noticed that there was something about them that really attracted me, and which I spoke about earlier, about just kind of being there. It feels like you're one of the group when you watch these movies. You're, you feel like you're really watching a home movie, um, like a family video, in a way. And um, that always uh, you know, put a smile on my face, watching, watching stuff like that. Oh, absolutely. Um, for me, shot on video films... Um, I, I kind of refer to it as my uh, it's it's my harder cinematic drug, right? So in in high school, middle school and high school, I had already kind of gone through at least in my mind up to that point, like as I understood it, I already went through like some of the big filmographies like Kira Kurosawa or like Bergman or uh, Jean Luc Godard. So I I thought I had digested like all that there was important in cinema. That's not true, and like no one can ever do that, but. That's what my teenage mind had thought. And I started going through uh, Michael J. Weldon's um, Psychotronic Video Guide. And some of, some of the descriptions I was reading of the films started to refer to shot on video, shot on video. So I started seeking some of those out. And um, in particular, and I know this is a big one for you and it's a big one for the shot on video uh, fans out there. But in uh, Michael J. Weldon's write-up for Boarding House... He talks about how <laughs> you can find that tape on sale for like a dollar at any of uh, your local laundromats, just to say like it was so prevalent and easy to find and like kind of a piece of shit tape. But um, but Boarding House was one of the first ones I was able to, to seek out just because of how readily available it was. And then I, you know, I digested a, a few more. But to, to be honest with you, Brad, and this will segue great into uh, – our next short conversation. It wasn't until a couple years ago when uh, Jesus Turan over at Slasher Video uh, gets the rights to, to Boarding House and he puts it back out on, on disc after, you know, Code Red and Bill had done it. And I was actually listening to you 
on your other show, the Screamcast, uh, describe this movie to your co-host Sean, uh, who is not a, a shot on video. Not fan. at all. <laughs> it was. It was one of the most entertaining, like, it was like a 15-minute conversation where you're describing <laughs> Boarding House to Sean, and he's like, this sounds ridiculous, I have to see it. But you, you, you kept going, it's shot on video, man. It shot, like, you kept warning him. And I was like, why, why does Brad keep warning Sean that it's shot on video? <laughs> um, you should have you been warning him more that it was a fucking three-hour cut that Jesus found. <laughs> yeah. It was released That's, that's on, pretty uh, brutal. It's good, it's great, but man. Oh, it's great. And, and, and to that point, uh, I agree with you that watching sh- shot on video uh, films, it is like being there with the crew. It, it's kind of like you're watching uh, instant dailies, you know, when, when you're working on a, uh, uh, a traditional film production. But um, the other thing that shot on video does for me that, that I don't get from, uh, from like 35 millimeter films or, you know, 16 or whatever, is it feels like... I'm in a fucking time capsule. Like when I'm watching John Wintergate, you know, Mac on Kalisu in the streets in like 1982, like I feel like I'm in 1982. There's, there's no way to, to sexy it up. It, it just like, you're there, man. Like you're right. It's like someone's mom just shot, shot this footage and um, no, no other, no other aesthetic like transports me back to a different time than uh, shot on video does. No, I I, I, so I agree I, with you because, I mean, we have, um, you know, something, uh, you know, with, like, for example, the, the, these 4K transfers and something like, let's say, Criterion uh, releases, you know, some of these films from the 60s and, and things like that. Uh, Young Girls of Rochefort, uh, you know, came out and beautiful Blu-ray colors are, you know, popping on the screen very loud as far as like colors go and it just looks beautiful and then you watch something like the love witch where they've uh, kind of copied that beautiful aesthetic and it's kind of hard to tell like was when was this made when when was this done um, because films just look so beautiful now with the technology that we have to upgrade and you know do these new scans of these prints that are these films that were shot on film but you can't do that with shot on video it stays in that time zone um, from the time that VHS was readily available and um, you know wasn't incredibly expensive to put in your you know your VHS camcorder and record two hours and then edit all that stuff together. You you can't jump out of that. So from you know nineteen, uh, I would say what say safe like eighty two. Uh, to like 1995 yeah. was you know the prime time to do the, do these films. Of course, they got less and less as you know the years caught up. But um, in the 80s and 90s, uh, people realized that we oh, we could make a movie too, um, and it was really easy uh, at that point to kind of get distribution because there were so many little small little niche companies that were looking to release horror films, dramas, mostly horror though. Um, and so everybody in their fucking family made made a movie, and that's the that's the beauty about it is that you know they they saw an opportunity to make a little money. They didn't have any money. They didn't make a lot of money from it, but they were like, hey, it's really easy. We can actually be in somebody's home on their TV screen if we do this, and that's what they did. Um, and I I just I 
think it's great. I mean, it's not really focused on uh, too much when we talk about shot on video films, is that that was a huge thing. I mean, could you imagine, and like, if we were the age that we were in, like, 1985, you and I would get together and make a shot on video film, and we would actually be able to put it into a store? You can't do that now. It's impossible. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of hard work. All <laughs> well, you can do is put it online, but you could put it online. But I'm saying, like, getting a film into a video store is not possible anymore because video stores are pretty much gone. It's it, you know, you can have somebody view you on your phone, uh, you know, with a video you uploaded to YouTube. But I mean, to actually have someone go out and rent a tape that was produced by a company that bought your little movie, and someone takes that home and puts it in their VCR all across America, that's a feeling that no one will ever feel again. And that's kind of depressing too. But <laughs> my 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 dude and I we used to uh we used to go down to like Blockbuster, one of the chains. Uh maybe it was Hollywood or something. But we used to rent uh like kids tapes, like a uh, little Bill, the, the Bill Cosby animated show and we would we would play the tape for about like 11 minutes and then we would stop the tape and then we would put our own shot on video um, shorts into the tape um, and get it back on the shelf just because we wanted that feeling of, you know, our our movie is on, on the shelf down at Blockbuster or, or Hollywood Video. But um, God damn, I wish I could follow up with some people that rented those tapes and see what they thought about our uh, parody of Sling Blade. That's, uh, that's... That's something that when I was working at Blockbuster, there was this guy. It was something a little bit more malicious than that, of course. But he was he was doing <laughs> that, renting uh, kids' movies, and then putting in, like, uh, you know, Girls Gone Wild or some type of pornography uh, all across, like, Blockbusters in, in Florida. Um, and a lot of people didn't know is that you couldn't really record over a tape because there's this little piece of plastic that is in the corner of mm-hmm. your, uh, I guess, so-called spine, um, that if that was removed, you couldn't record on that tape. But if you were savvy enough, you could place something into that spot in order to record over that again. Um, and then also some of the smaller companies didn't remove that piece, so you were able to still record over that. Um and I know that changed through the years, of course, I believe, so correct me if I'm wrong. But, um, yeah, he was able to do that with certain kids' tapes. It was kind of sick and twisted, obviously, because that was really fucked up. I mean, it would be more funny if he took, uh, you know, uh, you know, Enemy of the State, as you referenced earlier, and just had him sitting there doing weird shit during, like, the finale Enemy of the State. That would be hilarious. But, um... <laughs> yeah, you can't do that anymore. Can't do that anymore. No, sir. And you know the other thing, Brad. Uh, and then we'll we'll segue. But the other thing that um, my love for shot on video had me uh, do later in life was now whenever I go to uh, like garage sales, I don't I don't want to pick up on VHS. I don't want to pick up like uh, Jerry Maguire <laughs> or as good as it gets. But if I see that there's those old um, like Scotch brand tapes the, the the kind that used to be blank that you could record tv from if i see any of those like homemade tapes i just i buy them up because i want to i want to know what's on them whether it's someone's home videos or uh commercials recorded from tv or, or whatever it is because i that that vhs aesthetic to use uh 
or no, VHS tint, to use Eric's <laughs> terminology from 20 years ago. But that, that VHS tint is like, it's one of my favorite uh, aesthetics when, when I'm watching uh, film. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fiend for it now. But um, Brad, can you, can you wave to our 12 new listeners? Can you wave to them? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm waving right now. Can you give them a wink? A wink? Yeah, yeah. Here, here, here. Look, let, let me hear it. My wink. Uh, right there. there you go. <laughs> they don't even need to see that. I they can feel that. Fight. They can feel yeah. that. Uh, Brad and I do have other shows that uh, that we run, and we do recognize that um, a lot of the first-time listeners to the show. Look, everyone's a first-time listener to this show. This is the first episode. True. But we do want to acknowledge that the 12 shot-on-video horror fans and uh, shot-on-video film fans out there that are giving us a shot, and we want to we want to say thank you, and we love you. And, Brad, what's what's the other show? Where else can people hear you? I think it's called The Screamcast. Scream, scream cast, like Screamcast. Like the MTV Yeah, show. it's well, what we do is we um, talk about... Well, actually, I shouldn't say that because there really is a podcast that does that. Um, but anyways, yeah, we, we have we have a show <laughs> that's jumped around so many times of what we do, but we uh, people love it, and we continue to do it, and we're going on our fourth year next year. What about you, Mike Delaney? Well, my friend, um, I am a film and theater artist out here in beautiful... California. I'm sipping a mojito right now underneath a palm tree, but I have a show called The Splat House. Um, it is not a pornographic Twitter account. Ooh. That's someone else, but um... <laughs> I'll have to visit that. Let me write that down. Uh, we are. Yeah, it's called. I... Yeah, Splat House. He... he posts a bunch of hentai, like chubby hentai girls. It's great. You got it written yeah, down? Splat House. Okay, go ahead. All right. Uh, we are called The Splat House. We uh, cover one film uh, a week. We try to talk to uh, filmmakers involved with uh, the project or uh, fans of, of that particular film. But, um, yeah, we've only been doing that about a year. That's how I met uh, Brad. I was a fan of the Screamcast, the official podcast of Scream Factory. Um Ooh. And I, I met Brad that way. Brad, you did the the first episode. We did boarding house. We we have SOV blood, bro. Hey man, I'm I'm happy. Uh, just to let you know, we will not be covering boarding house during this show. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I don't want to give your hopes up because I know that we need yeah. to talk about it again because that's what brought us together. That's what made us. What do you call it when? Is it called docking? When. When I stick my nuts in your mouth, that's too no, no, no. Docking is when there's. Uh... I stick my penis in your no, butt. No, 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 no. That's just called. No, fun. it's like when one circumcised penis meets another uncircumcised penis, and you just fold over. I know that sounds. Oh, that sounds good. Are you? Yeah. You're 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 uncut. You're uncut. No, no. I thought you were. Oh no no! I'm cut. Then bro. we'll just have to stick it in each other's butts. There you go. All right. We addressed that. <laughs> Maybe people should have headphones uh, Brad, on when they what? listen to this at work. Just saying. Because there will probably be a lot more of this. Look, man, it's... Not safe for work. It's Friday. It, 
It's it's Friday. Friday. Hopefully, you're going to the office. You're going to have a lot of good times, or you're heading back. You know, Friday is going to be a good day for you. Friday is always a good day, unless you have to work the weekend. But for the most part, I mean, those Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 people, this is going to be a good day. Yeah, we don't want to work shame you. If you do work on the weekend, you are a warrior. We love you. Uh, And look, catch up with us when you can. But (laughs) we eternally live in Friday, baby. This is Friday. Every day is Friday for SOV. P-H-E-S-O-V-P-O-D. T-H-E stands for the, and we are the SOV podcast. Brad, what can people expect from this show in addition to just this uh, fun sexual banter? Um, well, like, I, like I, Mike said earlier, we're going to discuss uh, many uh, shot and video films, um, kind of dissect them, uh, if they can be dissected, because some of them are... You know, maybe some some are better than others. We'll just put it that way. Uh, so we'll obviously have more to talk about. We're going to be pairing two films uh, each time. One could be, uh, you know, there's not too many comedies, but, I mean, we mostly have thrillers, dramas, and horror is what, uh, but, I mean, may, primarily, I would say horror is the big shot on video uh, thing. Uh, so we'll be covering plenty of those, um, trying to pair them up the best we can. Even if there's one that would you know that's kind of goofy to talk about, because when you when you jump into this, there's also a lot of shot on video films that aren't feature length in a way; they're a little bit shorter. Um, which I, I guess what would be considered feature length in the '80s? Because I know at this point, I think it's 65 minutes is what classifies a feature length film these days. Uh, anything under that is considered a short film, which is kind of weird that there would be an hour short film. But I mean, there are f- there are yeah. films out there, uh, shot on video films that do run between like fifty five minutes and like sixty some minutes. I think Nigel the Psychopath is is one of those films. But um, what what I want to do um, is kind of a personal thing for me and the reason why i I, uh created the show is we know that there's not a huge audience uh for this um and we want to either engage you uh try to engage you into watching shot and video films giving it another chance if you don't like them or they don't work for you maybe uh along with our uh crazy banter You'll uh, want to rewatch it. Uh, you'll maybe you'll view it in a different light after you listen to the show. Uh, for people that don't like shot and video films at all, I hope that you just listen to us just to hear our banter. Um, for people that love shot on video films, then you are one of us, and we welcome you. And we want to engage in conversations. We want you to talk about it with us, what it means to you. So always contact us. You can find us on Twitter. So you can find us at the SOV Pod. Uh, that's if you want to spell it out, Mike. You've been doing a very good job at that. Or you want me to do it? I, I could do. T-H-E- oh, there we go. Oh, no. go ahead. Let me hear that. It warms my balls. T H E S O V P O D. The T H E stands for the. Okay. What about S O V? What does that stand for? Shot on oh, video. That's what I wanted to hear. Anytime someone says shot on video, my ears perk up and I uh, get a little excited, I must say. 
dick tingles. We addressed it. Brad, if someone wants to contact you on Twitter, my man, how, how do they get a hold of you? I think it would be Brad F. Henderson on uh, the Twitter. Ooh, and what does that F what does that F stand for though? On if, this if on, on this it episode it stands for uh, fuckworthy. Um, in real life R oh. uh, or yeah, in real life it is uh, Frank. You're a Francis? Yeah. Brad Francis Henderson. Aww. Yeah. Just Frank, but you know That's adorable. I love it. And on Twitter, I am at Mike D underscore Splat. Mm. Man, I might change that though. I might change it to Mike D underscore T H E S O V P O D. The T H E stands for the. Mm. That's probably not going to go to old. Maybe you could switch that up a little bit. A little, uh, a little, put a little spice in that. A little pumpkin spice. <laughs> you basic bitch. No more pumpkin spice. Ah, yeah, you're such yeah. a basic bitch. All right, so. But I, I really hope that you tune in and um, follow us along, uh, follow along, I mean, uh, on our venture of, of watching. Because we're also going to be watching films that we've never seen, too. Uh, I can't say that I've seen every shot of video film because that would be almost impossible um, without some heavy-duty research and um, search, searching in general. Uh, this is going to be a little bit difficult, and that's one thing I also I wanted to note, is that at first... You know, we will be attacking a lot of uh, films that have been released on DVD. Some have actually made it to Blu-ray. So don't be sad when you get the Blu-ray and it looks like shit because that's how it's supposed to look. Um, But we will be talking about films that are very, very, very difficult to find. Um, So we'll try our best to tell you how to find them. And that said, we're not promoting piracy at all. But a lot of these films are lost, will never be released, um, because there is no market for shot-on-video films. Uh, very, very small. Over time, I would say through the DVD Blu-ray years, um, maybe we have 20, 25 shot-on-video films uh, through that period of time that have been released on DVD, which is not many. Uh, there's a couple companies that uh, really focus on that. One's Massacre Video. Uh, Bleeding Skull video does that as well. Intervision, um, which is part of Severin, they do that. And, of course, Slasher Video has done done a few. And also VCI. Um, ironically, like VCI has been around for I don't know how long. Back in the porn days, um, VCI was a big, uh, big porno company. But they have uh, done Scream Theater, their label that they, or it's not a, really a label, I guess they just title the DVDs that. But we'll be talking about certain films on that. Our first two films that we'll be talking about are on the VCI label. Uh, Mike, do you want to tell Woo! the people who and what and when and what titles we'll be covering for our very first official I guess this is official. This is the official episode, but covering for our next show. Well, I'll do one and you do the other. Uh, the one I wanted to make oh, sure we both. We that's got the other thing. We both pick first episode. I, I forgot to mention that we we, we do pair yeah. them, but Mike picks one, picks one, and then I pick one, or vice versa. It doesn't matter. That's right. And uh, the the one I picked for for our first official episode is one of my favorites. It's one of one of the big ones um, when you're first getting into shot-on-video horror in particular. It's 1985's 
blood cult. Mm-hmm. I like the way you say very, blood cult. very easy to find. Very, very easy, very to, find, easy to, yes. to find. Like Brad said, uh, the the VCI website is the best place to order it too. It's actually a, a lower price than than Amazon. I'd recommend going to VCI directly. And what's so cool, Brad, when you order Blood Cult, it comes with a second film because the Scream Theater uh, they're all double featured. Yes, that is true. What is that second film? That's what I'm asking. Oh, you. look at you. I like the way you did that. I like the way you made that sound. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's. You like the way I twerk? Um, what? <laughs> Maybe I says you like the way I twerk. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I, I think, you I do. think I do. I think I'm digging that. Um, our other film that we'll be talking about is the Last Slumber Party. Which, if anybody likes slumber parties, this is the place to be. I, I do, I do. My hands up, my hands up. I love slumber parties. I can parties. see your hand, Mike, like and everybody else sleepovers. can too. Yeah, we see that hand. Thank you for that All hand. Right. Okay. All right. But um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to dive into that. Like it, Mike said, you could buy. And also, all those Scream theater films. There's like uh, probably like eight or nine uh, double features. Some of them are shot on video. Others are just kind of really odd uh, horror films that have been put together. Uh, by BCI, but uh, super super cool like little thing that they did. Sadly, they stopped. But um, we'll be getting into those titles and that label and everything else. I can't wait. This is gonna be great. <laughs> it's gonna be so much fun. Uh, this this is great, Brad. I, look, man, you you could cut this part out if if you don't want this on the show, but. I love you so much. This this was such a, a great fun idea, and I, I can't I can't wait to share these movies with uh, our audience of twelve and our uh, our collective audiences from the Screamcast and Splathouse. Yeah, I know we're gonna have listeners from that, but we're also gonna for the newbies that uh, just saw, like I said, Mike said, probably twelve people that are like, oh man, a shot of video podcast. Uh, we hope we don't ruin it for you. Um, we have uh, pretty loud personalities, um, but uh, I, I think I think you'll enjoy what we have in store and what we'll be talking about in the films that we have chosen. And um, like I guess we're going to start off easy for everybody. Uh, titles that are very easy to purchase. Uh, we'll let you know the titles that we'll be covering the um, the next week, the following week. So that way you could pick those up. And uh, maybe you could join along. Uh, I don't know how how spoilery you can get with shot on video films because there's just I don't know. It's explaining a, a film to the fullest with shot on video can really get people going, and that's I think what grabs them is kind of the ridiculousness of it and just how it makes makes the person feel and ha- how they watch it. And I'll tell you one thing. Um, if you have a group of people that enjoys cinema, enjoys movies, uh, have them over, have a couple brews, brewskis, brews, do people say brews or you just say brewskis or beers? Can you say brews? Oh, you call them road soda. Road, road, road soda. sodas. That sounds like we're in. Yeah. Cause you drink it while you, while you drive. Ooh. Yeah. No, it's road soda. Yeah. That's a, that might be a little too much. Road, road soda. sodas. All right. Road sodas. You can grab a couple road sodas, 
and uh, and watch these films with uh, with your friends because I I've done that a few times and uh, you'd be surprised of the reactions that you get. Uh, other times I've been told to fuck off and that I'm a terrible person for playing these movies, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know I I, I hosted a um, uh, my. M- I think it was my birthday. Um, no, no, it wasn't my birthday marathon. It was a marathon before that. I, I kind of host uh, quarterly uh, uh, marathons. But uh, I played um, one film we'll be talking about. It is available on DVD, oddly enough. But it's called Burglar from Hell. Uh, and it's close to, I would say, two hours. And people were so upset when I was playing that. I was... Um, it's kind of taken back in within like the first 15 minutes they were like what the fuck because this film at least with certain shot on video films you can say oh they actually had lights they had a little bit of knowledge on how to film a film uh film a movie how to set up the camera maybe use a tripod um you know how does this look maybe we'll do a you know another take oh that wasn't good enough let's reshoot it no not with Burglar from Hell. Burglar from Hell, they turned on the camera, they gave it to somebody that's never probably operated a camera before, and recorded every single thing that they did, and put it in a movie. Um, there's something special to say about that, and when we get to Burglar from Hell, you will understand. But uh, I hope that we we get your blood boiling with some of these films. But not making you angry, of course. I don't want to make you angry. But... Um, you know, I, I will say it will be uh, pretty fun. You want to? Uh, while we're doing that, do you want to talk about some of the other movies that we'll be covering over the course of January? So I would suggest that we maybe give the titles that we'll be covering over maybe the course of a month um, to kind of give people a head start on on catching maybe they want to purchase these films or watch these films and by any means um some of the films like i said we'll be talking about are a little harder to find uh others uh you'll be able to find through the labels that we mentioned um so like i said mike said we're covering blood cult and the last slumber party uh both available on dvd uh the next uh episode after that we'll be covering blonde death which is available from Bleeding Skull and Stuff Stephanie in the Incinerator, which I believe is available on DVD through Troma. Correct, Mike? Is that right? Yeah, it's uh, BCI. Stuff Stuff Stephanie in the Incinerator. I believe it. Yeah, they uh, Troma. Troma has uh, their label on it, but I think it's released through... Uh, okay, yeah, it's st- still available on um, on DVD. The next batch will be uh, uh, a Bri- James Bryan double feature. We'll be talking about Jungle Trap uh, and Run, Cody, Run. There's a fun story in there, too, that I hope you all enjoy. And I will say for our fourth episode, um, this is as far as we're going to go, uh, is Splatter Farm and How to Slay a Vampire. Uh, Splatter Farm is is easy. Oh, I love it. Splatter Farm's easy to find, but how to slay a vampire is a little bit dif- more difficult, and we'll figure out a way for you to see that. I'm sure it's out there somewhere, um, but that's a, a, a big rare one. Uh, most of these films are rare when we talk about them, but um, yeah, there's some rarer than others. So uh, be prepared and watch those films when you can, so you can join in in the conversation. 
Um, tell us how you feel ahead of time, uh, but they'll be coming to your ear hole soon with Mike D's sexy, sexy, you can say lustrous, like voice, just, it just, like I get tingles, but not in my dick, like my spine, <laughs> which is a, a reference to a shot on video film spine. Oh man, I, I, I'll just, I'm here all night or all day, whatever you want to say. You're too much. Mm. Bless, bless you, Brad. Mm. Brett, bless you. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Did you sneeze? I thought you sneezed. Uh, no. No sneezing on this end, Mike. <laughs> that will do it for this introduction to T-H-E-S-O-V-P-O-D. The T-H-E stands for the We Are the Shot on Video podcast. Bradley Fuckworthy Henderson and Mike D coming to you each week with a double feature of some shot on video goodness any final thoughts brad before we uh head out the door baby no i just hope everybody enjoys this and um even if you don't like like i said i can't stress i can't stress enough even if you don't like shot on video please give it another chance um there's gonna be some fun topics and conversations and we're gonna definitely open this up to the community um, uh, we're going to be talking to, uh, interviewing directors that we can find, uh, other, uh, fans of shot on video. So we're, you know, we're not, we're not that pretentious type. You can come to us. Uh, you know, we're going to open our doors on this one. So anybody who wants to come on the show to chat with us, feel free. Um, or maybe just a small little interview to tell us what shot on video means to you. Cause I, I definitely want to open that door to let people know that this is not, uh, you know, a hidden thing. This is something that a lot of people like. It's just, it's one of those, I, I, I just said it wasn't hidden, but I, I don't know. It's just that you don't see a lot of people talk about it. You don't see a lot of people chatting about shot on video films and, we're not here to make fun of them. We're here to embrace them and and, um, and and give them the love that they deserve. And hopefully you'll view them in a different aspect, maybe. I don't know. So many goals. So many goals with the show. <laughs> Hashtag goals for Bradley Fuckworthy Henderson. This is Mike D saying we are on our knees. Pretty, pretty please watch. SOV and listen to T-H-E-S-O-V 